Okay. Uh, you guys want to just record that last little chunk then? Let's record a chunk. Okay. <laughs> Let's chunk it up. <laughs> um, Chunky chocolate chip podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to Pursuing Pixels. This is episode three, and uh, my name is Kevin Portelli, and I'm here with uh, DJ. That's me. I'm DJ. DJ Mandolini, that is, Thank and you. <laughs> and Randall Nolery. That's me. I'm Randall. It's a me. <laughs> that's that's um, exactly how I say it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we uh, let's just uh, let's just dive right into let's this here. Do it. Um, this week or last week, I should say, we decided uh, that we were gonna finally. Uh, Take a stab at some Hollow Knight, or take a hammer and nail it. Oh, God, I just just kill me, <laughs> kill me now. You're off but, the uh, podcast. <laughs> right when I said I wasn't gonna overthink anything that I was saying, just started saying a bunch of stupid shit. Nails but, appropriate. Uh, that, that I guess. I guess. Hammer and nail though, just not. Yeah, the uh, hammer part, mm-hmm. not so much. Yeah, just get, just take trying too hard. We're just gonna. But anyways, uh, in. <laughs> so we played Hollow Knight. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, but what, what I was trying to get to is DJ had played uh, some before. I loved had, it. Yeah, and he's I, been gabbing at me a bit, uh, to get to get playing it for a little while here. I'm so pumped. Our buddy John also has been uh, pestering me to play it uh, along with the entire internet. Yes. Um, yeah, it seemed like when this one came out on Switch, there was like a big boost in like, oh man, Hollow Knight is the best Metroidvania I've played in a really long time. So uh, I've I've had it sitting on my Switch for a while and decided to finally give it a try. So. Uh, DJ, why don't you start things off here? I know Randy didn't have a ton of time to get into it this week, and you have. I mean, I've put played 40 through plus it before. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Not in this past week, but uh, if only. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, like it, it was funny when I played it. It was around Thanksgiving time last year, and I was uh, ridden with strep throat, and so I was just hunkered down that entire week in bed playing Hollow Knight all day, and it was. Despite the strep throat, one of the best weeks of my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what about what about it? Like, what got you so sucked in? I mean, I know it's a little easier to maybe get sucked into something when you're down for the count. You know, I'm just coming off hernia surgery recovery. And yeah, it's like. Yeah, I mean, so in the last uh, episode, we talked about how, like, I just get so immersed in games like Dark Souls. And I think Hollow Knight you know, while being a different type of game has a similar atmosphere. Right. Um, maybe similar difficulty level, although way more fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't played much Dark Souls and I know we talked, touched on that a little bit last week and I know you touched on the comparisons between the two games. Yeah. I mean, there have been some bosses in Hollow Knight that I had to go like two straight hours oh. just trying to beat. Um, so, so it does ramp up. Um, but yeah, I, I love the atmosphere. I, we were talking about this. Uh, I think it just does everything really well. Like not necessarily like there's any one thing that's amazing, but I love the atmosphere. Uh, I love the feel of it. 
Um, I know you were saying you think it's maybe a little on the floatier side. Um, yeah, DJ's giving me that look. Um, <laughs> You're out of your mind. But uh, but yeah, I, I I probably about seven or eight hours in. Um, I have all, I've not spent two hours fighting any bosses. That's for sure. Um, I, I've only come across maybe two or three bosses so far. But I think I have most of the abilities that you end up unlocking. Um, nice. You get like a dash maneuver and then a wall jump. Those are kind of the two key. I've I've got a few other things, but those are like really make traversal just game changers. Uh, and you get some charm. Are they called charms or badges? Charms, yeah. Uh, charms that you put on like a belt or whatever. Whatever you put, you you equip them and you have a limited number of them. And certain charms will cost one notch or two notch or three notch. I don't I don't know how many two notch is. Um, I don't know if it goes beyond two. Uh, everything I have only oh requires. it goes beyond two. Okay. Yeah. That system is kind of interesting, too, because it, it kind of caps you uh, with the things that you can use at any given time and forces you to be creative with the combinations. Yeah, it's kind of similar. We touched on it a little bit with Flint Hook last week, like kind of right. a similar system to like, OK, do I want to go with like buffing up my defense or buffing up my dash ability or uh, or taking, you know, a more defensive approach or whatever, you know, whatever the combinations are. But um, I did, you know, I do find it a little bit annoying that some of them at least for me are almost seem to be required i mean i know you could probably get the map down good enough or well enough to um not need that little uh charm that puts your cursor or whatever like the little emblem of your face <laughs> on the map <laughs> you know i think that i think it's the compass, compass or whatever yeah, that yeah. shows where where you're located on the map i guess Maybe if you got it down, you know, if you play once you're maybe 20 hours into the game or something, you know, maybe, you know, the met with the world well enough and finding your way around. You know, I me personally, I found the the worlds, even though I the design is clean and it, it looks nice. It's it's a little bit repetitive is not quite the right word because it does seem like everything is unique. But at the same time, like it's redundant, like the art style is just kind of like every zone is just a slight tweak. And I, I don't know, something about it is just a little bit samey hmm. to me. So I, I had a hard time like recognizing, oh, I'm in the lower left corner of this map, like until I found the compass, you know, um, I, I just had a really hard time knowing where I was at. Like nothing seemed very memorable to me or yeah. I shouldn't say nothing, but not very often. I definitely went was map I? and compass very quickly. Just like I, I just know myself. If if things are like you said, looking a bit samey, I I need that because I can't differentiate. I get lost very easily in those situations. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of the map, uh, or speaking of the charms, I should say, as I, I didn't quite finish that thought, but like one of the charms is like when when you're attacking right at the beginning of the game, when you start off, whenever you attack, whether you're hitting an enemy or not, you get like a little bit of a knockback. And one of the charms allows you to negate that knockback, um, which when you're climbing these like kind of vertical corridors, it's per vertical columns or whatever. It sometimes is a little frustrating because you're attacking enemies and then you end up falling down the uh, like, you know, all the way down the shaft. And you're just not able to, you know, when you don't have the wall jump or the dash yet, you know, you're really not able to. You know, you're, you're just replaying a lot of platforming segments over and over again, and the right. platforming feels good. But it's definitely a little floaty, and before you have that knockback, um, at least for me, or before you can get rid of that knockback, I should say, um, I just found it to be a little bit difficult to get around or a little bit frustrating. But now that I'm about eight hours in, I'm definitely feeling like pretty comfortable with the dash. You know, you have a, it's a set length dash. It's not like you can tap the button and do like a short little one. It's like you, if you hit dash, you're doing a full, you know, length dash. Um, 
So once you kind of get the hang of that and get the hang of how the wall jump works, but you, you have a really like high jump. It's a little bit floaty. See, I, I think that's why it seems floaty to you, because like to me, when you say floaty, uh, what initially I thought you meant was like as like how your character, uh, how fast they're coming down. Well, both. I think for me, it's both. See, it I don't like, I don't think. Oh, man, I think he jumps higher than you expect, which could give a floaty impression. But like. But it does give you this uh, like pressure sensitive jumps, you know, or not maybe pre- maybe not pressure sensitive, but you can do like a little tap and just yeah. do like a small little hop. So it does feel good in that regard once you get the the physics down. But it it is a little bit. You I don't know. It just doesn't feel. Platforms. Yeah, it just it just doesn't, doesn't <laughs> feel quite right. Do you think it's um, too to loose then? Like, is, is it just like a looseness in the control? I don't know. It's like the arc of the jump just feels odd to me yeah. uh, as something. Yeah, I don't know how to put it other than that. But yeah, it just doesn't feel quite. It doesn't make the platforming parts feel as good as they could. Right. Um, if it was like a little tighter. But it, but it does feel good to like dash through some like a little spiked hall or a little, you know, just like a little segment, do like some wall jumps and dash between a bunch of pits. Um it's definitely fun to platform around. It's just like kind of like DJ was saying it. The, the game does a lot of things really well. Yeah. But nothing that's like that transcends like no, there's no element, at least from what I've played so far, that really transcends like, oh, this is amazing. It's just kind of really well done. Um, and me personally, like I said, I'm not super into the art style. It's I like it OK, but it's just not fully bringing me into that world. It's just a little too samey. Sure. Um, but but yeah, I'm, ha- I'm having fun playing it and I, I intend to continue playing it. Um, one of the things that I really love about the game is like the how it lets you know that something is nearby. Like, for example, the map, when you first find that there's like a conifer. character, yeah, conifer or cornifer. I thought there was an R in there somewhere, but whatever his name is, he's like humming. You know, yeah. you're, uh, you're kind of like going down and you see like a couple loose scraps of paper. Um, and you'll hear like a, (laughs) and, uh, you just know he's nearby and that'll be, you know, in every different zone of the map, which the map is huge. Um, and I, I haven't even probably uncovered half of it yet. Um, (laughs) and, uh, and same thing with like, uh, the, the most recent boss that I fought was the, uh, the dung defender and you just hear him, uh, like grunting as you're like getting in the, that it was still quite a few rooms out, but you just kind of hear these like little, like, in the background it's just kind of cool that you like you know as you're exploring you know because it's you don't really know where you're going and in a lot of cases maybe you haven't found the map for that area yet or or whatever you know you're just kind of kind of poking at the edges of the map even when you buy the map it's not completed you know so sometimes you can see oh there's an opening here i can i can see where this leads and then map that out once i've been there um how did you feel about sorry no go ahead go ahead how do you feel about the fact that uh that what you explore on the map doesn't appear until you go to the bench okay so write we it all down and we should mention that uh yeah so one of the mechanics in in the similarities to dark souls is that you have to go to a bench or you know this game's version of a bonfire right um to save and to save your progress and yeah to chart the map so like if you do go to an area that hasn't been charted or you find something or a bug uh most of the, most of the characters are bugs right like the npcs yeah. and stuff um so you find like a bug that can upgrade your nail or your sword or you know your um upgrade your what else can you get you can just buy stuff at different shops and whatnot different badges and charms or i guess they're just charms yeah um 
And yeah, so I, I don't know. I actually kind of like that. I was a little off put by that at first, even in the sense of like having to get back to the, you know, you get to a boss, you die, you go back to the bench from the last time you saved at the bench and you have to make your way back there and co- recollect the money that you got. And, you know, if you if you die on the way, you lose all that, you know, so definitely exactly the same as Dark Souls in that regard. But I, I did kind of like that. It made it feel like you were. I don't know. I do wish the benches and even like the stores and the fast travel mechanic. Have you gotten any of the fast travel at all, uh, Randy? I haven't. No, I've definitely found a couple of benches, but I I don't think I have the ability to fast travel. Okay, well, it's not exactly fast travel per se, but you almost open up like a subway system of sorts and you can pick different points on the map. But then those don't really lead anywhere. It's not like you like get off at this station and you're right by the shops in that area or you're right by this NPC that you can trade stuff in with, like it's all really like you got to do a lot of traversal manually. Right. I think like once you get those abilities that, you know, improve the speed at which you platform, it just, I don't know. I think it just feels great to just zip on by segments. It does. I will. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I do. I did like how, like once I got the dash or once I got the wall jump, I was like, oh, I can just fly through this segment that took me quite a bit longer before. That was a lot more tedious. But I do think that it's still like I find myself just looking at the map constantly like, okay, where am I at again? Where am I at again? Am I going the right way? Like it's it's it does break up the flow of the gameplay to me a little bit um, when I'm if I'm specifically trying to get to a certain area, like if I'm if I get to a new zone and I'm just kind of exploring I get in the zone with that and I get in like a good groove or a good rhythm. But like when I'm when I, once I have the map, I find myself like, OK, I need to get over there where I haven't been yet. And then I'm just constantly like, check the map, check the you know, and I do love how the map like when you hold it, like you, it doesn't pause the game at all. Right, right. And you actually like you can keep walking slowly while your character actually like pulls out a map, you know, and holds it in its hands. Um, I, I do. There's like a lot of nice little touches like that that keep that make the game or the world feel really alive. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not fully bought in. I don't. I don't understand what puts this game a cut above, uh, personally, like a, other games in this genre and this style. But I am having a good time, and I intend to keep playing more. Uh, don't. I don't mean that to come across as any kind of slam or like I hate Hollow Knight or anything like that. But yeah, for me, it's just not quite. The bar was set too high. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> playing like just getting to it at this point. You know, I just heard so many amazing things that probably impossible to live up to my expectations at this point but but the, but these types of games are not always my thing either like just big huge exploratory maps i kind of like a more succinct mechanics driven thing not that this is not but just like one or two core mechanics and that's kind of it you know that tends to be what i like to focus on right um but uh how about you randy i know you said you're only a couple hours in maybe but are you feeling like you definitely want to see more of what this game has to offer or are you Am I talking you out of it here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do want to see more of it. You know, I, I liked what I've played so far. Uh, and yeah, I've already bought it, so I might as well see more of it. But uh, you guys have kind of talked around it a bit, too, that the besides the atmosphere, I do like the cohesiveness and kind of the polish of the presentation in this game. Uh, things like like you had given that example around the, the humming and things like that, that just those are extra elements that the game designers kind of added in to, to bring you into the experience. And I'm a sucker for stuff like that. So to hear that there's more of that and that they put that level of detail and polish into this game does make me want to play it more. Um, 
kind of, but you know, the other side of that with the atmosphere is it is a bit gloomy and yeah, <laughs> I, I tend to be definitely more of the kind of colorful, you know, more energetic type of, you know, yeah. Give you me my like, yeah. dystopian settings. <laughs> <laughs> give me, What's give me my twee, give Come me my on. twee indie games. Pretty much. <laughs> Kevin and I are on the same page there. Um, but it's okay. You know, it's these, these games have their own niche and, and I'm glad that this exists. Um, there's not a lot of games like this exactly, you know, with this type of style. So yeah, I'll see, uh, I'll definitely see more of it cause I'm only a couple hours in and yeah, I feel like there's a, obviously a lot of game there. Yeah, it's a, it's, I, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing some more, but, um, yeah, unless you have anything to add, DJ, we can probably I'm just disappointed. Move on. There. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. no, those are fair points. Um, you know, I just, I love this game, but so I'm glad we started talking about it because I think I may dive back in soon. So. Yeah. You've rekindled that love. Yeah, and we, we'll follow up on it as we get further along in the game, I guess, you know, as we, if we have anything worth bringing up, we'll get back to it. For sure. But, uh, moving along here, I know, uh, I know DJ played a few other games this week. Just a couple. Um, <laughs> why don't, uh, what do you feel like starting with? You, you make the call here. Um, I guess we can go chronologically. <laughs> um, so, right after I finished playing Dark Souls, um, I jumped into What Remains of Edith Finch, which was one of the uh, PlayStation Plus free games for May. Um, and it's, uh, it's a story-driven game, which I don't have a ton of experience playing, I'd say. Hmm. Um, I'd, first I'd, person or? First person, yeah. Okay. I'd, I'd liken it to Gone Home if you've played that. Or I still don't that. play that. Yeah, me too. Me too. But I, I'm familiar with the at least for the reference sake. Yeah. Yeah. So the basic premise is you're this woman revisiting your old family house, and uh, your family has a curse. Let's say where you know a lot of a lot of family members die prematurely, um, and so you're kind of going through uh, the deaths of all these past relatives of yours like you're you're playing the moments from their perspective from, or from their your, perspective okay. yeah interesting hmm. and each uh for you know each family member um who's past your visiting it's very different mechanics um that you're asked to uh to execute um like one of them, you're this baby in a bathtub. <laughs> you're you're just like controlling all these uh, bath toys, and um, there's is it, is it challenging in any way, or is it? Are you just kind of going through the motions? Or it, it's does it's, it vary? It's not challenging. Okay, um, but it's just I don't know. It, I got to a part where it's just like I ended up caring about this family the finch family the finches (laughs) um and yeah it's also very straightforward in that you're not doing a ton of exploring which is weird because you're going through like this this house that you're going through has like many secret chambers and it's very complex like complexly built that's cool um but yet your path is fairly obvious and there's not much veering off course 
Okay. Um, which I appreciate. Yeah, I don't mind that. I, I don't especially like, when it comes to these story games. Right. Yeah. Especially like, you know, in those you tend to walk a little slower and everything. It's just like, I don't want to spend my time like walking over here and have it not be anything. Just to hit a dead end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like to, I like to also know that I'm not missing anything per se. I mean, maybe if that's the point, I know some games give you the choices. I know DJ is also going to talk about walking dead a little tell bit them later. What I'm gonna talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but like some of the, that's kind of the point is like you pit, you make your choice and you miss out on the other content. Right. Where are the other branching storyline paths, you know, where like this is like, I, but if it's going to be something that's just like a straightforward, cohesive story, I want to just know that I'm not missing something because I missed some secret glowing door on the side or something. You know, it's just like, take me along that path. Put me on that Mr. Toad's Wild Ride or whatever. You know, put me on. For the interactive movie. It's a small world. Oh, God. (laughs) And so, yeah, I'd say the game definitely respects your time, which I appreciate. Like, you know, it only took me a few hours to beat. I was wondering about that. Okay, so, that's pretty good. Nice, nice bite size. And yeah, this is from snack. you said from Red Sparrow Games. Is that Giant, Giant Sparrow. Sparrow Games? And they they also did uh, which I think it was either a PS Plus game or maybe I just bought it on sale a long time ago. But they did the Unfinished Swan as well, uh, which was on PS3, and uh, and then they ported it over to PS4. But another kind of similar like walking. I, I hate using that term simulator. as well, walking simulator. But you just kind of walk around and you throw big like paint blobs at the wall and i think it does evolve beyond that uh but that's just kind of that's how you reveal the world so both like kind of i know they're both uh story driven and kind of have a similar format but definitely seems like they take some in or incorporate some interesting elements and mechanics into the storytelling yeah yeah i don't know do you have anything more to add (laughs) to add about that i mean i mean i could contrast it to uh the walking dead season two should we get that all out of the way right off the <laughs> well, bat here let's, let's kill it. it okay yeah knock it out so whereas uh what remains of edith finch seems to respect your time Uh-oh. i feel like a lot of time is wasted uh wandering around looking for random items in walking dead and how does this work? Because I know you can like pick branching story paths that we already mentioned, but like, how do you control? Are you like controlling a third person character that walks around, or are you just picking dialogue and watching cutscenes? Or you're controlling a third person character. Sometimes you're walking around, talking to other people, or you're trying to, you know, solve these little puzzles, like break into a house and don't get spotted. Um, so like point and click game vibes, kind of. Without point and click, like you're controlling the character with an analog stick or whatever, but uh, I mean, adventure game kind of deal. I I guess um, like you're not. Do you have to react at all to like I gotta dodge this in real time, or is it all? There are like, some quick scripted? time events. Um, okay, where it's just like uh, someone's coming at you, and it'll really quickly uh, do an arrow to the left. So you gotta like move jump to the left. To the yeah. left. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which aren't necessarily you don't know when those are going to come necessarily uh which uh i i like you know just being able to watch a story and not have to worry <laughs> to know you're in cutscene yeah. mode and know like okay I can yeah just set the controller down yeah. for a sec or whatever it's walking um, dead though there's zombies about <laughs> you gotta be alert <laughs> um but yeah a lot a lot of the gameplay is um you know dialogue trees where 
It's usually like, oh, like this character wants one thing and this character wants another thing. And who are you going to side with? Right. Um, you can never, you know, satisfy everyone. Um, so (laughs) the, the, uh, strategy I like attempted to, you know, I tried to please everyone. So like whenever (laughs) there was an option where I could put myself at risk, I was just like, oh, well, I'm not going to die. So I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take the hit on that one. Uh, it didn't really work. I mean, people are going to die, uh, regardless of what you choose. Yeah. Um, there's some impact you can have at the end. I don't want to spoil anything, but, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that you played walking dead season one before at some point before you uh, this one. I did not. Ooh. I mean, I've got experience with Telltale games. Yeah. Like, you know, I've played like Batman, yeah. uh, Game of Thrones, etc. Um, but like, you know, who who needs to, you know, know all the context for a zombie game? They're pretty, <laughs> pretty easy. Yeah, to, we're fucking swimming in zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you weren't at that point, though. That was it was kind of more of a, a, a unique thing uh back when, when season, the first one came out i was oh okay okay i was gonna say when season two came out because i thought that was a bit of a newer one but no. new ish yeah. new ish yeah so i don't know i i'd say of the two i definitely prefer edith finch you know it just feels like a, a condensed like good experience that left me wanting more whereas with walking dead I think I was more invested in the cutscenes rather than the actions I was taking as a gamer. Interesting. Okay. Cause how did you did finish the game? Yes. Okay. How did you feel about, did it give you the breakdown? Cause I've heard about in those games, like at the end it shows you like what the breakdown, the percent I I like, have you played any of these as well? Randall? Yeah. I played season one of the walking dead and Oh man. Yeah. uh, Chime in. Uh, I also played uh, most of that Batman release as well. Um, and I think I played, yeah, there was like a Michonne, uh, one of the Walking Dead characters from the TV show and comic. There was kind of a spinoff of that. Uh, and I played that through a few years back, too. Oh, damn, um, a professional. Yeah. <laughs> okay, have you played more of these as well? Because I've, I've played none of these Telltale games. And to be honest, like uh, especially now after hearing all the all the shit about them, like closing up the studio yeah. and firing everyone and yeah. whatever the hell happened. I, I don't really know the, all the ins and outs per se, but I heard enough to where like, I already hadn't played any of them and now I'm not overly compelled to play them, especially knowing that. But, uh, you know, I, I am intrigued a little bit. I mean, they had a huge run there for a minute where they yes. were getting licenses for everything. You know, it seemed like just about <laughs> everything. Yeah. Like you already said, Batman, Walking Dead. I think they did like The Wolf Among Us, which is some other comic yep. series. Game of Thrones. Uh, there's all ki- yeah, Game of Thrones. I forgot yep. about that. Borderlands. Yeah, they, Borderlands. Border, yeah, yeah. they like pulling shit out of their ass. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> like, I know who needed a Borderlands adventure game, you know? Yeah. But they apparently they're great, too. You know, I mean, I've heard nothing but good things across the board, so yeah, most yeah I'd be of them curious. I'd be curious decent. for you guys to dive in a little more just to I don't know. I'm just curious a little more to hear about a little more about these games. If you have anything to add, Randy. Yeah, I I've liked my time. I I think those games in my experience are at their best. It's uh, every time I play one of those, like my wife will be sitting at my side on the couch and then I'll kind of turn to her sometimes, you know, with decision trees. I'm like, all right, which one am I going to save? Here we go. Here we go. We got five seconds. The meter's like coming in on itself here. What are we going to do? 
Uh, oh, so, so you have a timer. You have a yep. time, like a limited time to pick these decisions because oh, yeah. silence is considered a valid. Uh, okay. Yeah. Response in every scenario, or just about. Just, just about. about. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. That's a cool. That's that's interesting. Okay. That's already has me like a little more intrigued than just sitting there. You know, I'm picturing like Mass Effect and just staring at this. You know person's lifeless face waiting for the waiting till you pick a cutscene or well till you pick a you know dialogue response well, i kind of um, like those games too because i'm i'm typically and kind of it sounds like dj's similar this way where like i don't want to be forced into making a choice if i can help it i want to like please everybody i want like the most neutral outcome i can get without forcing me down one path or the other so i can i want the maximum options available i guess i'm saying and yeah <laughs> or i want to be the hero in a lot of you know in a lot of cases in these games like you want to be the good guy that does everything right yes. nobody dies because you did you know you made a poor choice or something like that yes. so and they force you into making choices like sometimes it's not even conversation it's oh shoot there's zombies on both of these characters and you have you only have one bullet or something like which one of these two people okay less and is going to come with you on their adventure and oh this person's got a kid but this person might be more of a help to your group or whatever so there's a lot of dynamics at play and And does it feel does it feel exploitative in any way i mean it like is it like making you choose things because even even when you were talking about edith finch like i'm you're playing as a baby in the bathtub i'm assuming the baby drowns in the (laughs) bathtub or something and like based on the context you give you know not to spoil anything but you know, I mean, does the game do these games get really morbid or do they take advantage of like putting you in a position where you're kind of helpless and you're just like because I'm not a huge fan of that either. When you're you're put in the position to just be the asshole or, ju- or just watch something terrible happen and you're you're just to watch it. Ha- you know what I yeah. mean? It's just just kind of manipulative. It can be. Yeah, um, there's not a ton of. Well, so I think they get away with more in in The Walking Dead and some of the other Telltale games because they have that kind of comic style, that cell shaded comic style. Yeah, and the bold like outlines yep. of the characters. Yeah, so that kind of takes the edge off of some of the gore and the darker tones for whatever reason. It just does. Um, <laughs> so okay. that helps a little bit that way, at least for me. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Maybe I'll I mean, I've had PlayStation Plus for a little while here as well. So hopefully I'll maybe I'll take a look at some of these games. I've had them sitting on my system for a while. So, Heck yeah, the other I'll, aspect uh, of that, too, is like I was asking DJ if he had played season one, because I feel like and I haven't played season two, but I feel like some of the decisions that you make can carry over into the next season sometimes. Ah, so like. that is true. Yeah. Um, so um when you start up, it will see if you've got any uh, season one save files. Right. And it will use the decisions you made from that. Otherwise, it will give you a random set of choices. Uh, okay. Okay. So you even every time you start off, you theoretically, it'll be a little bit different. Maybe. I, uh, you know, I, I only I know played the one play time. Multiple and times, I yeah. yeah. Um, so okay. to be honest, I wouldn't know what could have been different. <laughs> okay. But good to know. OK, I'm, I'm a little I'm at least a little more intrigued, to be honest. Like, I like the idea of like this on a timer. And as long as they're not getting manipulative with the storytelling and just putting you in these predicaments of just like, well, look at how fucked up this is. Right. You know, it's just like I, I'm just not interested in that. I mean, it's more like, you know, what do you do when you're in a tough situation and yeah. you've only got short time to make a choice? Yeah kind of like a little per- mini personality test yeah. of like what would, <laughs> oh, yeah. what do you do do you maximize your you know 
your capacity as a group or do you rescue the person who's got the kid, you know, or right. whatever, you know, that I, I like the moral choices. Like I said, as long as they're not framed in a, in a super manipulative way, that's just framing things to make you see how gross they are. Right. Do I you guess, take the, so. the, the mechanic, do you save the mechanic, even though he's like super annoying, but he's super useful too. Or do you take the other character that you actually like more to, to talk to and deal with on a day to day basis? things okay. like that cool i will i will probably check these out then at some point and maybe uh follow up in the future but uh how about you uh i guess we can just unless you anybody has anything to add we can probably move along to what else randall's been playing this week yes i wanted to talk about tetris 99 okay and tetris they had a little, little, little it's so, <laughs> so much fun. which is which is only available on the switch am i correct in saying that yes it is a switch exclusive and more than that it is a nintendo online switch exclusive uh, and you can only play online for that matter as well. So. Well, yes, but. Oh, OK. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> they did Sorry. relatively recently offer up the option for you to spend, I think, 10 bucks to unlock uh, the Battle Royale mode versus CPU uh, opponents as opposed to people online. Um, OK. I think there's something Ten- else, for- too, that you get for that, but I have not ponied up for that yet. For well, just as a as a way of training before you take on actual yeah that's people. interesting yeah, yeah that's true and honestly, i don't know that's not bad that's not a bad thought because this game is hard oh god yeah it gets intense and oh it's i god. mean there's a lot of just it depends obviously when you're putting it's essentially like tetris battle royale yeah yep that's exactly you know, what nine, it is 99 instead of 100 but yep yeah and you say like does what does that concept even work like what does that even look like but it does work it's you you're playing tetris and uh you know in kind of a, a a portrait mode, you're seeing your main Tetris sc- screen like any other Tetris game. But around that, bordering on both sides, are 98 other very small screens of the people you're playing against actively. And as they get, you know, Tetrises or they're clearing lines, they are uh, attacking other players uh, to try and knock them out of the game, to earn badges uh, so that they can... Uh, fight better effectively against the other players or defend um it's you can even get into options where you are individually selecting one of those other players in battle royale which is crazy because tetris is hard enough as it is especially when it gets fast (laughs) yeah and this game gets fast oh my god it gets so fast especially once you get into like 50 players left or like top 10 you know that it just gets like you're, you're just trying to survive on some point like if you haven't you know made a bunch of accidental gaps in your your lines you're in good shape once you get to that point because it's just yeah you're just trying to survive you're you're and you're a little bit out of control in some regards because you might just be getting targeted by other players yes. attacks which are just going to add rows and, yes. and, and just fuck you up in any you know, in a number of ways. Definitely. Um, and it does warn you when that's going to happen, but to some degree, like it's out of your hands if multiple. Yeah. yeah and you, and you can, you do, I believe you can set your like attacks to also stave up to be like defensive so that yep. you're attacking people that are attacking you yep. and negating their attacks. So you do have some control over that. Yep. Um, with, uh, do you, what do you use? Like the D pad or the analog the shoulder stick. buttons or yeah. the analog stick to select to like either up left, right or down to select like one of four different kind of strategies. Right. Uh, which are, you know, you, and, and then you can, I believe, right. You can use the left stick to like aim and select individual like, hey, this guy's killing it over here. I'm going to target them. Right. Or look at um, how close this guy is to the top. Like, what if I move it over on him and just nail a Tetris real quick? I'll knock yeah. him out. 
Is right. It, is it clear enough what's going on in the other it, screens? It is, but like Randy said before, like it's so hectic, oh just God. your own Tetris game. Like yeah. it's really not feasible to. I, I'm sure there are people who can, yeah. but I am not one of those people who can like focus in. It's it's easier <laughs> to just make. Let me set this to defend, or let me set this to attack people to yep. go for like you. You can set it to go for KOs, yep. so you're like you're going to knock people out that are close to getting knocked out, or you can set it to go for. I think they're called badges, which is why I kept getting this mixed up between this and Hollow Knight. Yep. But uh, but they call them badges, right? Where you can. I don't, what do the badges do? Do you do you recall, Randy? Yeah, I, I think they they either like lessen the blows of the hits that you're receiving or increase the blows of like what you're doing to other players. But I've not fully researched that myself. I just know sometimes I end up with them and I'm doing better as. <laughs> yeah, there's some there's some kind of like buffs, basically, yes. you know, like. Or little perks yep. that you get. Um, but yeah, it's it's a little obtuse. They don't do much to explain how this game works. But no, but you said they did some kind of like Game Boy event recently as well, right? Yeah, it's yeah. It, as of this recording on, on May 20th, uh, it's still going. I, I don't know how many more days it'll be going, but it was primarily this weekend where you had to get over 100 points playing in this event, which uh, if you rank high enough, you might get five to ten points per playthrough but it's so e- there's so many people playing right now especially during an event which it's smart of them to set up an event that forces more players to jump in into this battle royale format at the same time um, yeah which is great uh because it's very easy like oh man i just played like crap well let me just jump right back in oh there's another 99 players let's go yeah uh, which is awesome um, and this game is uh, other than the part that randy mentioned or randall god i, I keep calling you randy i'm sorry eh, um the, go the other part that, <laughs> yeah let me edit in all that randall find the part place. that randall yeah. said um but uh <laughs> oh macho man randall said there you go that's um, it that's my handle but uh shoot randall i lost my train handle. of thought now all to make a shitty joke um <laughs> shoot i totally lost my train of thought um we were talking about the event uh so i did get a cool like game boy theme as a result of that i made sure i got that because that so that that's that's permanent like you can just you can just play game boy mode now whenever you want yes and it has the music which is fantastic like oh yeah and i'm pretty sure it's i want to say it might be one of the first maybe it was in tetris ds but otherwise this might be one of the only times besides that original game boy game where they had this theme and like soundtrack to play tetris with which is really cool okay yeah i I love that tetris ds version and yeah this one does give me those vibes and i I would love i mean if uh, we'll have to look more into this and maybe we'll follow up or at least add it in the the notes on the podcast but like i would like to follow up and see because if they have like a ten dollar version that lets you play against like cpu or just like local users or like actually pick to like if me and you can play online you know across the country and like actually just play together like me and my cousin who doesn't play a ton of games but he's been playing a ton of tetris 99 of yeah i always see him like killing a few minutes playing i'm like all right brandon's getting in there so uh tetris is universal yeah it's a yeah no matter if you ever have played a video game or used the d-pad in your life you know you could get it or even a keyboard you know oh, yeah. you could probably make it work so yeah i definitely uh would like to follow up more with this game because if they if they added a version where you can pay 10 bucks because this is free to play yes um, otherwise other than you have to have the nintendo online subscription but um i would like to uh i I would definitely consider spending money on that to be able to play against people that i know and choose who i'm playing against as opposed to just being in that battle royale format me too 
no matter what. So and it's been a success. So I think Nintendo's invested in continuing to to update it, which I'm quite happy about. So maybe that uh, ten dollar value increases over time as they yeah. add more modes and more themes and keep it going, keep people's interest up because right now, yeah, I'd say it's the Nintendo online killer app. It's the reason to have Nintendo online. Yeah. Yeah. The free NES games that they add every that, month yeah. are great, but, but yeah, that Tetris is like big time. It's, I, it's a really fun game. It's, it's, really it's not, it's no joke. You know, it, it doesn't have any, like it doesn't prompt you to spend money on the game. Again, this new $10 thing is news to me, but like, it, it's not like, it's just like, Hey, spend 10 bucks. If this is the case, Yep. Hey, just spend 10 bucks and get the thing. Not like, right. Oh, do you want to, you want to keep playing more P- throw, get a hundred coins for, uh. you know, that, you know, it's not, not nothing manipulative no. in that free to play sense. How some of these games, you know, free to play can be kind of a, uh, I don't know. It just carries a lot of negative connotations with it. Nope. And, uh, in this case, none of that, uh, comes along with this game i don't think yep just subscription so. based nintendo is thankfully pretty good on that stuff at least We've on the Switch. a lot of fortnite players <laughs> <laughs> well no fortnite does it right too though because it's like everything is just cosmetic, cosmetic you know? yeah. it's like nothing affects gameplay you're not you're not spending money to be better at the game you're just spending money to look crazier or look goofier or make your character look the way you want it to look so I'm all about that because, yep. like, if you're playing, if I'm playing Tetris 99 and having a ton of fun and it's free, and even if they just say, "Hey, give me two bucks to get the Game Boy theme," yep, and I'm just like, "Hey, you know what? I'm having a ton of fun playing this game, and I didn't pay any money for it. I'll happily give Nintendo or the guy who made Tetris, I forget, Alexi, whatever his name is. Yes, um, you know, I'll happily give them a few bucks if I'm ha- having fun with this. You know, so I- I'm totally okay with that. I don't like when it's like you want to keep playing, spend more money, yeah. or you want to. You want to actually get these upgrades faster? Spend more money. Um, that that's a little again getting into that manipulative in a totally different area than what we were talking about with Edith Finch and uh, Walking Dead. But still gets into the manipulative like on the actual gamer, you know, or on the person playing. So right. Give me my Waluigi theme, Nintendo. <laughs> Tetris Nine wow, wow, Waluigi wow, wow. theme. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so. Uh, all right, anything to add on on Tetris, uh, Randall? Nope, just that Tetris is Tetris. It's one of the best games of all time. And if you own yeah. a Switch and want to pony up 20 bucks for Nintendo Online, it's well worth your time. Does it all have right, Tate mode? I, good question. Yeah, I don't think it does, but it really should. Yeah, it really that. should. That's Tate mode is like the when like games like Downwell or whatever where you can turn the screen vertically oh, on the with portable switch. Yeah, with your <laughs> um yeah, you can like play vertically. Or you can do it on the TV in a lot of cases too, but obviously it's a little easier to turn the switch sideways than it is to turn your whole TV. I would um, guess no, because then you couldn't see the other players playing, but right, right, right. Be kind of fine, though. Like you could totally make that work without seeing the other players. Yeah, you would just only be committed to like doing those main. OK, I'm going to select up, left, right or down yeah. and go for the KOs. But you wouldn't be able to do any of the like, I'm going to attack this particular person. I'd be OK with that. Yeah, I I'd, I'd never do it anyways. So <laughs> I still haven't won yet. I've only I've, I've achieved second place, but I think I've got either fourth or fifth is my best. That's pretty good. You, you've not played it all, DJ? I have not. Oh, man, we should, you should play some, and we should touch back in. Okay, yes. all right. Cool. Um, well, um, I'm going to dive into a game that both DJ and I have been playing, yeah. um, if you guys don't mind. Do uh, this game's called Blazing Beaks. This is from uh, App Lava Games. It's all one word. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right or how they're 
think it's also published by Cubic Games, and they've been publishing just a ton of games on the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Um, and this is another like top-down roguelike. It was a uh, 50% off if you owned virtually anything else in their catalog um pre-purchase and i think it might even still be available as of this recording at least uh for that half off price i know dj just grabbed it the other day for that uh, just 750 snagging. and it just came, it was in early access for a while it's a top-down roguelike twin stick shooter i think i mentioned some of that already um it's got some elements of nuclear throne enter the gungeon mm. binding of isaac anything along those lines if you've played them and you're kind of crawling through dungeons collecting items uh, but it, it is more of like a true roguelike in the sense you're not really gaining any main progression other than you're unlocking some new items here and there um, to find along your playthroughs. But like you're not really like dead cells, you know, where you're like getting more potion flasks or you're getting more uh, powerful upgrades to start with or whatever. You're, you're not really increasing your abilities. You're really you just have to get better at the game and you might unlock a few new guns or weapons. but. The main the main kind of gimmick of the game or whatever is that you're collecting they call them artifacts. So while you're going through each floor or each level of the dungeon, you collect artifacts that all um hinder your character um or your characters. This is up to four players, which is awesome. Ooh. Um but one to four players, but uh every artifact you picked up is gonna say um like for example, when you're playing on co-op, there's like artifacts that will specifically affect multiplayer. So like uh both the players player can't with, be fight. Go ahead, go ahead. Player with less health can't shoot. Or, uh, yeah, or the or the player with uh, or both players can't shoot at the same time, so you can't really just cool. hold down the fire trigger. Or um, this player, you can pick this up and your max HP will go up by one, but your co-op partners will all lose one health or oh, vice versa. Funny. If so you like, pick up a heart, your partner loses. A yeah, heart. like all <laughs> kinds of like stacking things like that. But then. You, so and then when you get to the shop, they do have guns and different weapons that you can buy, and you can only hold one gun and one uh, passive or like or one active item at a time. But then your passive items, you you trade in those uh, hindrances to this crow that's in each shop. Um, I already said the game is called Blazing Beak, so it's all you're playing is like birds, ducks, platypus, say, well, like the main penguins. Is... <laughs> yeah, the main gimmick is uh, it's birds. birds. <laughs> But like, and you know, each character has slightly different abilities, a pro and a con, um, but you're trading in your your artifacts and all these negative uh, effects on your character at each shop for then in return, you get either parts or keys and stuff like that, or you get items that then give you perks. So it's all about like the risk reward of like, okay, how many of these am I or is this is this artifact worth holding on to? Like every time I enter a new floor, I'm going to lose one HP um right whereas like is this worth grabbing right now like i'm at the very beginning of the level i'm gonna lose go all the way down to one health is this worth taking before you know i don't know how long it's gonna be till i find the shop and the crow and be able to trade that in for an actual perk uh so it's it really is you know just like i talked about moonlighter a little bit last week which i did end up finishing this week nice um and i had a great time playing that all the way through and might even dig into the new game plus a little bit oh but this game has a little bit more like i mentioned with moonlighter like having that really linear like each dungeon you're collecting these specific items to then craft your next powerful weapon and then same thing at the next dungeon same thing at the next dungeon like blazing beaks is just like you just have to get better and you just have to learn the enemy patterns learn the attacks learn the the way the game works and learn learn the different guns because you can only carry one gun at a time like i said um i don't know dj feel feel free to jump in because i'm just rambling here at this point 
No, I love it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything that's difficult. This game is really tough, by the way. Yeah, Are I the mean, levels randomly generated, or is it the same? Yeah, another yeah. another yeah. Pers- same you know vibes of the worlds, just like Enter the Gungeon. Where like the first floor is the the swamp, I right. think, and the second floor is the graveyard or second level or whatever. So it's and the bosses same are setting, the same. The okay. bosses are always mm. the same, unlike Enter the Gungeon, which has like a rotating like at least two or three different bosses for each floor. Right. Um. This is like same boss on every floor. It does have rotating difficulty on the boss. It can have between one, two, and three like skulls oh, on the that's health bar. Interesting. So it can be, it seems like it just has more health. It doesn't seem to, like, change the attack patterns, I actually, se. I actually think it does. Okay. Um, I think. You've played a little bit more than me. We've both probably put in, what, four or five hours, maybe. Nice. You probably, maybe yeah. a little bit more. Um, with that uh, muck enemy uh, that we were fighting. On, like, the third or fourth Yeah, level he boss. spits out flies that chase you around. I think the more, the harder difficulty the boss, the more flies will but spit like the, out but the you. pattern itself doesn't change right Correct. like they're not doing a totally different array of attacks it's like the it same just, attack it just, just becomes more overwhelming yeah. yeah yeah but but yeah it's it's a really fun it's really you know it's, like i said it was an early access game it just came out of early access we we're we've been playing it on the switch but it's also available on steam and i think potentially elsewhere but I think it's it's one of those games that especially if they can like hone some of the you know i've had a few small little bugs nothing crazy uh, but if they can really kind of hone in some of the some of the finicky elements of the game and then start maybe adding a few more items, because there's a good amount of guns and items and weapons and, and different things in the game. But it seems like it's one of those games that has a lot of potential for adding more and more. It seems like a lot of these games seem to do that, you know, into the gungeon, dead cells. They do, you know, they just keep adding features to the game. So right. if they, if this is something that they're going to continue to support. Um, it's already in a in a pretty solid, fun, good state, especially at that half off price that they had available uh, for pre purchase. Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to grab that, especially at that price. Grab one of those yeah. 49 cent games so I can get this for 750 or whatever. Yeah, they and they're <laughs> yeah, Cubic Games is always putting a bunch of their games on sale on the Switch for really really steep discounts. Yeah. You know, I just got Mana Spark for two bucks, and I've I got uh, Astro Bears Party or whatever that game's called yeah. for a dollar. Like ton ton of good stuff, and especially they seem to want to focus on multiplayer stuff. Not not exclusively, but they definitely have a lot of like I, I don't know, just really simple, like kind of like I was saying, like just a mechanic or two yeah. that is taken to an extent, or just or just kind of honed in. Like Astro Bears isn't anything transcendent, but you're just like running around this like Mario Galaxy like sphere that you're just leaving like a snake trail behind oh, snake. you, and you're just trying to avoid the other players. Uh, but it but it just has that like quick pick up and play. Hey, we got ten minutes to kill before we go out to this show or before we do whatever. You know, it's like it's it's perfect for that. Right. Um. So Cubic Games is definitely something to look out for on the Switch in particular for just publishing some good multiplayer stuff. Yeah, a lot of time with those roguelikes. Uh, you know, an entire an entire level will be pretty long. Um, and so. You know, I get less excited for them in general. Like, I mean, I love Enter the Gungeon. We mm-hmm. put in a ton of hours into that. DJ and I have both put in like hundreds <laughs> or at least a hundred plus hours each, I would say. But it's like, you know, after a run of Enter the Gungeon, I, you know, it it feels like a big commitment to replay. Whereas like every time with Blazing Beaks, you know, you're just instead of being uh thrown into one 
huge level with many rooms, you're just fired into many small levels. Yeah. And okay. I think that gives it a more like consumable feel like right. whenever, you know, we die i'm just like okay we can we can do do another one yeah Yeah. and it's more akin if 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 you're familiar it's more akin to the nuclear throne format than it is to enter the gungeon where enter the gungeon yeah has these like each floor is like a big dungeon with like you know a dozen or so rooms where uh nuclear throne will spawn you in a level you have one screen essentially to clear and not one screen you can venture beyond the boundaries of the screen but like one level one open area to clear and then once you clear all the enemies, you move on. And same thing here. But you do get options to like, you know, on some rooms you'll clear. Once you clear all the enemies, the doors open up and you'll have a door that will either progress through the dungeon or you can see like the door that has like the like a monster's mouth with like teeth on it. That's the boss door. Or then the door that has like a little lantern over it. That's the shop. And you okay. can a lot of times it'll it, like sometimes it'll have all three of those in one room. And you can say, OK, let's you know what? Let's try to get a few more artifacts and see if we can cash in or like oh man, we have a ton of artifacts already and we can go to the boss or we can keep going further into the dungeon and see if maybe another shop comes up so we can cash these in before we hit the boss and don't have to deal with all these, you know, defects during the boss battle. So it does have a a lot of, uh, you know, I use this term all the time when it comes to games, especially with these roguelike games, but it really has a good balance of that risk-reward Um. I don't know. Yeah, you're always just like, should we? P- should I pick this up or should I let it go? You know, it's. I, I don't know. It's. It's got you're a really nice balance. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's got. It's got a good like. You no, know, nothing amazing, but it's got a good like bopping chip tune soundtrack. That's got some little like some like slightly like bluesy elements at times. Some atmospheric elements. It's like a little bit different from like a normal chip tune vibe, and uh, it's got some nice like just cute pixel art. And it takes a takes a minute to get used to the physics or the way the characters move around the movement. But uh, once you get used to it, it's really fast, but like it's really fluid. Once you get used to it, you have like a nice like dash dodge roll kind of mechanic. And it, it, it feels really good to play. Once you get in the groove, it's it's I'm kind of hooked. I'm I'm really having a good time with it. We're going to play after this. Yeah, recording. this all sounds up my alley, especially yeah, the multiplayer focus. And, and yeah. otherwise, I'm, I'm hearing things that make me think of like Binding of Isaac and obviously Enter the Gungeon, too. And I'm like, oh, man, I have to buy this game. Sounds good. Yeah, and for and for what it's worth too, it also has a. We haven't tried this at all, but it also has a tournament mode, uh, which I believe is again up to four players, and it's just like a versus like battle arena that has a bunch of different settings that you can change. You know, for different either game modes or do I want five lives each, ten lives each, all kinds of different settings oh, cool. you can tweak. So definitely, it seems like a fun multiplayer edition that's just kind of tacked on, but seems pretty. You know, they they released a trailer, I think, even that was just showcasing that multiplayer aspect. So like almost selling that as like a game on its own. So who knows where the game, you know, where the idea started. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we're just playing the tacked on thing, but uh, but having a good time either way. So definitely, especially if you have friends to play with or people to play with, like can't recommend this one enough. I, I really have been enjoying this one a lot. That's awesome. Um, but you had, uh, did you want to talk about Mario party at all, Randy, or did you want to save that for, uh, for another time? I could talk I think a little we, bit about it. Well, I think, okay. Okay. I couldn't remember if we said we were going to save that for later. I'm sorry to just spring that on you, but eh, eh, you put, you played go. a little with, uh, you played a little with Tina. Is that right? Or did you play, uh, solo or you gotta play. You gotta play multiplayer when you're playing Mario Party. <laughs> yeah, on, Kevin. yeah. I can't believe I even just asked <laughs> that. You play, you play some, over here or something. How you feeling about that solo Mario Party <laughs> campaign? <laughs> campaign mode? 
no spoilers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, be careful on the spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> nope, multiplayer is as intended. That's uh, that's the way I, I like to play my my Mario Party. But and you I, were saying you put you played a cooperative mode. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I'm not I, sure if okay. that's new for for this version or not. I mean, I haven't super kept up on every Mario Party. I was like many people played a lot in the Nintendo 64 era. Uh, I still own those games and played some yeah, of the GameCube de- ones too. But it's definitely a newer feature. If not, I know they've like incorporated some like you move around the board together as right. like a group. But I've, I don't Fucking know if stupid. I've seen. Think, yeah. yeah, everyone hates that. But <laughs> yeah, it seems like this one is just called Super Mario Party on the yes. Switch. And it seems like they were trying to go for like a back to basics, yes. you know, with some new ideas, but a back to basics kind of approach. Yeah, and I think they succeeded on that. I, I really like this Mario Party, and and maybe that's a byproduct of me coming in kind of fresh, having not played a new one in a very long time. But I'm glad to own a Mario Party, on, especially on Switch, which is, as we were just talking, a very multiplayer-centric system, uh, just kind of by its nature. Um, but I like this game. It's It's got everything you want out of a Mario Party game. All the silly characters, just the laid back energy, the mini games after every turn. Um, there's not a lot of boards in this game. Uh, yeah, I did hear that. Do you know if there's any plan of like adding stuff? DLC? I know. I know they've been going that route a little bit on Switch, you know, with some of the other games that Nintendo's put out. But yeah, um, do you have you heard anything about that or no? I haven't yet. And it's kind of been a minute since it's released at this point. So I thought they would have thrown something out there about it yeah and that game that game seems kind of prime for the picking as far as like dlc goes hey right. new game boards new mini game pack you know whatever you know i guess i could get a little daunting but i throw it seems money like at that'd that. be a yeah how many boards did it come with four to my knowledge um uh, yeah, it, okay yeah that's a little light because i feel like they're but, usually like six seven eight yeah. somewhere in that range like and even even that got to feel a little light you know remembering right. playing back in like I feel like back in the, you know, when me and my friends or cousins or whatever would play on the Nintendo 64 or the GameCube, there'd always only be like two or three that we really liked playing. Right. So if you're only limited to that pretty much from the get go, that's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, maybe that's a artificial limitation. But of the things I can select right now, there's there's three boards and one to unlock. So that's all I'm seeing right now. But OK, there are different modes. And that that does bring me back to that co-op mode that Tina and I tried out for the first time earlier this week. Um, and essentially, you're taking turns where it's kind of there's always those mini games where there's two V two um, that you can play in the regular mode, but they basically turn that into its own mode where every time now it's, it's kind of two V two and they've created a whole bunch of mini games for that purpose. So every time it's just going to be you and your partner uh, playing together, uh, rolling dice at the same time, um, moving at the same time, which the way they do that basically is if you've ever played like a strategy game like an Advance Wars or a Fire Emblem where you're moving your kind of arrow cursor around on a grid uh, okay. to get to your next point, that's what you do after you roll your dice that tells you how many uh, of the, the spaces you're able to move your cursor to get to land to where you want to, um, which they've designed the boards pretty uh, in a pretty interesting way where you can kind of collect coins on the board that are sitting there or purposely kind of go in a circle so you can land on a space that you want to that triggers some sort of, you know, mini game for everybody. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting little meta things that they're doing um, on the board uh, that that's a little bit different than just playing the regular four player multiplayer uh, mode. 
So I, I appreciate that because there'll be times where I'm playing with Tina. I'm like, I, I don't want to just like smash on you in some mini game that I know I'm better at. You know, I want to like crush yeah. the CPU players first. So this kind of takes that out of uh, out of consideration where, yeah, we're on the same team. We're collecting coins. We're just smashing on Wario and Waluigi in their CPU forms. So it's fun. And does that, do you know, if, does that have a maximum of four players or does the Switch allow you to play up to like eight or anything like that on this version or? Good question. I think it's four. I think they okay. kept it as the, the traditional four, although obviously the Switch can support more. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that. that would be like ideal. Like that would, that would make that kind of the ultimate party game, especially if you could do like two V2, V2, V2. Totally. You know, up to eight players like that could really make that interesting. Yeah. Although, I mean, I remember back in the N64 days, like a game would take you know up to an hour oh yeah yeah you're doubling the amount of people that's <laughs> yeah that's a good point and that's and the mini, the and actually yeah in the mini games <laughs> yeah if eight players in the mini games would get a little nuts so yeah actually they, i'm guaranteeing they don't have that <laughs> but yeah get, playing through a game is still you know in either mode is is still you're, you're talking about an hour if you want to play the regular normal amount of turns uh so you kind of have to know what you're getting into before you start but it's fun. Like as the, the CPU is going, that's when you take a drink of your beer and you wait for the, the next <laughs> game to start. You know, it's just one of those type of laid back experiences. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely something to be said about like uh, playing a game that's fun, but that you don't have to be fully immersed or, right. or engaged in, you know. Exactly. You're just, you just you pick up that controller again when it's when it's mini game time. Yeah. Like <laughs> like Blazing Beaks, like we were just talking about, for example, like you got to be paying attention like. The enemies like will drop little pools of acid or explosions will, will happen or like you, you really got to be watching your surroundings at all times. Right. Whereas, yeah, sometimes you just want to fire something up and kind of turn your brain off, you know, so. Right. Or play with a friend or, you know, whatever it may be. So Mario Party seems seems pretty well suited for that. So are you feeling like you're getting uh, that Mario Party vibe that you wanted. Oh, yeah. Or are you feeling definitely. like you're you're missing that at all? Now you're feeling like no, I yeah, I, I like this game. Even with the, the shortcomings described around the, the lack of boards, I, I still think it's well worth it and you know, glad to see a new Mario Party that apparently isn't making the mistakes of the past of the everyone's in the same car moving around <laughs> things like that nope like you said just back to basics um they've done little refinements to make things kind of move faster than they did back in the day so uh, i think the okay. nintendo's aware of of what the complaints were in the past and have tried to refine it while keeping it that classic feel that's a you know it's a it's a little bit of a shame too because i know i think it was mario party 10 or whatever the last one that came out for the wii u mm -hmm. when i first heard about it it was like you can play up to five players, four being the people playing the game and the fifth player using the gamepad and being Bowser. Oh, that's cool. and like when I when I heard about that, I was like, this is this sounds awesome. Yeah, this is like Mario Party. You know, you could play if you're having people over, you know, you have like a party and be like, hey, the winner is Bowser. Right. or The loser is Bowser, whatever you want to do. But right. that's like a seemed like a perfect implementation, both of the Wii U gamepad being you know independent of of what's on the screen of the system or whatever player yeah yeah it's genius underrated system it yeah is. i love the wii u I, there's a bunch of great games and thankfully a bunch of them for the people that didn't get a wii u or have been coming to the switch <laughs> almost all of them at this um, point <laughs> but there's still a handful that that didn't and uh and i think potentially this idea is something that's going to get lost in the shuffle both because the switch doesn't have the two simultaneous screens but right. also because 
you know, I, I obviously they just went back to basics here, but I think that's an, an unfortunate side effect of both the Wii U kind of being a little bit of a a failure, at least financially for Nintendo and right. and and commercially, but uh, but also I, I don't know, that's just a feature that really I think could have shined, um, if given the proper time. You know, I, apparently there were other issues with that game, but the, but that was really intriguing to me, and I'm a little little let down that that's something that's probably not going to live on. Yeah, I didn't realize that was the case with that. I, I might check that out. I, I maybe I'm talking out of my ass now that I'm saying it, and you guys are looking at me or DJs at least looking off in the distance <laughs> like I'm talking out of my ass, and <laughs> Randy is clueless to what I'm talking about. So yeah, yourself. let me bury myself. <laughs> no, I'm not totally. No, uh, that but no, I'm, I'm almost positive yeah. that that's the case. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost positive. So yeah. Um, but still happy to hear, yeah, that it's a, uh, you know, because I had a ton of fun playing. I've worn my palms dry or raw <laughs> yes, playing raw. Uh, some Mario Party <laughs> mini games. Yeah. Yes. Uh, didn't they make like a glove at some point that you could buy? The power, I, not the power yes. glove, but it was like a gym glove, like a yes, fingerless sir, glove did. to, so you could rotate the. <laughs> See, I was the kid though the that I, I'm like, no, we're not playing the first Mario Party because you, you sons of bitches, are gonna ruin my nice, pristine analog sticks on my <laughs> N64 controllers with that stupid spin mini game. So we're just playing Mario Party three and two sometimes. <laughs> I, I thought I was bad making people take my shit, take their shoes off in my apartment. No, that's just <laughs> you're like you're like, hey, no more, no more Mario Party one. You guys are going a little too ham on yeah. my joysticks here. Shoes off, no Mario Party one. I think that's shoes fair. off, gloves on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, did did you have anything more to add to add to Mario Party? No, it's just Randall? good. I wish that I will say the the other gripe I have is I wish they did the full out online where you could play it the does, full. It does. It does. Oh, okay. It, I was gonna say it does have online though, right? But it's just certain modes. <sighs> it's I think from it's just what I can tell, it's just playing the mini games online. Yeah. Where, oh, that's a shame. Yeah, yeah. I know. Man, that's a bummer. I was because that was on my radar, especially knowing that you and Tina had that. Right. I was like, oh man, that's that's interesting to me. Yeah, but I guess it's like you know, imagine if you're playing on the board and someone like goes away. Yeah, yeah. They, they just don't take their. Hey, turn. I'll be right back. And you're just like, God damn it, Yoshi, <laughs> fucking roll the dice. No, I would so, never yeah. do that if it wasn't just friends. Like if it wasn't yeah, you like, guys playing. If we online. weren't on an active Skype call, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point, though. <laughs> But still cool that there's some kind of online functionality. And again, maybe there's possibility. I mean, the way they've been supporting Mario Tennis and stuff like that, like there's the possibility that they'll do something more with it. But yeah, like you said, it doesn't seem like they've been bringing too much stuff down the pipeline with that. No, no, I don't think it's seen the same sales success potentially as some of those other games. But hopefully, yeah, hopefully it finds its audience. I like it. I thought I had read that it was one of the best selling games. What the heck, Nintendo? Mario Party? Super Mario Party. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Support it. I mean, maybe that's true. Maybe, maybe that's true. But yeah, it would be nice to see them adding a little more content to that, even if it costs money, you know, as right. long as it's if it's worthwhile stuff, if it's a couple new boards or characters or mini games like well worth it. You know, is that a $60 game? Yeah. yeah. OK, full price. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Although how I speaking, feel about of, that. speaking of full price games, though, Nintendo just announced those uh, game vouchers. Did you see that, Randy? I did. Yeah, it's like so you can pay a 100 bucks to get two game vouchers that will then allow you to cash those in for, I think, any two games. I think there's going to be some limitations, like definitely have these, like deluxe crazy editions of like, oh, the hundred dollar, you know, digital deluxe. Right. I'm sure some of those will be excluded, but like. Um, yeah, it's a bit, the example they give is like, hey, you could buy Yoshi's Woolly World and Mario Odyssey for a hundred bucks instead of a hundred and twenty. So, and right. then on top of that, you're getting your coins back in the Nintendo eShop. So, 
not a huge, you know, I'm in 20 bucks savings. I, I'm, I'm a sucker for buying the physical copies of games. But Me if too. you're someone who buys these uh, first party, you know, or at least these full retail price games, I, I digitally on the switch, I think that's definitely something that's worthwhile for sure. I mean, that's, tw- you know, 20 bucks every time you buy two games is nothing to scoff at. So. Right. It's an indie game right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could buy another indie game after that so at least gives you the opportunity to get some sort of digital discount on first party nintendo stuff which is pretty rare yeah definitely definitely doesn't come up too often yeah so that's that's definitely interesting i don't know that it seems like they're messing around with the, what they're offering on the nintendo online service you know between tetris 99 and the yeah. free to play nintendo stuff and there was obviously the rumors about the super oh, nintendo yeah. stuff coming at some point and oh yeah and whatnot. So I'm curious to see what they what they do with that in the future. Any development uh, with that Super Nintendo stuff? I, all I saw was that they after they were added, they were pulled down like out of like the people who were hacking into the system and like we found right. these files. Like they were no longer in there once the system was updated again. So, but Nintendo's like that, you know, they just keep stuff under wraps yep. when they when they have control. So it'll happen. I don't know when I can sell my Super Nintendo. <laughs> no, mini, no, what? Or the actual no. Super Nintendo. DJ's not a sucker like us, right? No, I didn't okay. grow up with a Super Nintendo. Well, but, but you I. also don't have that, like, collectible... Yes. Like, I gotta have the actual physical cartridge, and, like, <laughs> a, you know, like, I just have to have nah. that stuff. I, I'm losing that a little bit yeah. with newer stuff, and I don't find myself, like, going out hunting for old retro games as much as I used to, but... It's cause or it even at all, to be honest, anymore, yeah. Yeah, it's it's getting ridiculous, you know. Yeah. But but uh and I was at a point at one time, I think we've talked about this before at least on some old episodes that maybe we never will release or at least haven't released yet. Yeah. They but, don't uh, include me. That's why <laughs> I'm getting released. Haven't had that gold, that DJ charm, mm, that yes. DJ slather. <laughs> um <laughs> I forgot what I was even, Oh yeah, but I yeah, I haven't really gone out like hunting for games anymore and like I used to just buy any like oh, I heard this game was good or yep. I've I've just heard of this game before and I would just kind of buy it. So yep. I've gotten a little bit out of that habit. So it's because those games you could buy for 10 bucks or whatever it was worth. Just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I yeah. I heard this, this decent. is decent. Yeah. Yep. Or my friend had this growing up. I kind of have some good memory or fond memories playing this game. Yep. But yeah. Now those games are all like 25, 30 bucks. Minimum. It's like, OK, this is like. I'm making a serious investment. You know, I could buy a few new games on the Switch for that price, especially yep. with the sales they've been doing. So, yep. Um, well, I guess uh, if we're good on Mario Party, I had one more game I wanted to talk about uh, if it. we have time for a sec. But uh, DJ and I have been playing, uh, and actually, right before we called up uh, Randall here, we've been playing some Risk of Rain co op, which I didn't know was up to four player co op. I thought it was only two. Uh, but it is up to four-player co-op. It has online co-op. We've been playing on the PlayStation 4, but it is available on the Switch. And I You've think been playing. I've been everywhere just else. getting killed right away. <laughs> <laughs> Not playing anything. Yeah, I did. I played a lot of this game, or, or I shouldn't say a lot, but I finally like gave it a fair shake because I played a little bit, wasn't super sucked in, and then my buddy John was always hyping it up like, man, I love Risk of Rain, and then seeing all the hype for Risk of Rain 2 coming out or coming yeah coming out in early access i think they've already sold over like a million copies of that game um and i think they're saying like over a year before they're actually going to launch 1.0 but wow. the fact that like this is coming out it, you know it was just in the air and i was like you know i i played Risk of Rain one other time and didn't really get sucked in and i feel like i should give it a fair shake so while i was recovering from my uh hernia surgery Definitely played a lot of that, and it's it's another, you know, 2D side-scrolling, different format, but it's another one of these 
rogue. Pardon me. It's another one of these roguelike games, and it's uh not necessarily procedurally generated a hundred percent. Like I think the levels have like just a each level has like a handful of different layouts that it might uh propagate, but then it will procedurally generate like where the enemies are gonna spawn or where the the portal you have to find a portal on every level to activate and once you activate the portal you have 90 seconds to clear a boss and clear all the enemies that are in the level um and they just kind of like as you move on uh the main gimmick of this game is like as time goes on the game just gets harder um so the longer you take on each level like you can spend time looting the levels and trying to kill more enemies get more money and use that money to unlock treasure chests or buy items or uh you know up upgrade drones that will heal you or give you like a kind of like attack that will you know just kind of hovers and follows you around um but the game you know the more time you spend on each level the harder it gets and it just it starts to get like to the point where like the swarms of enemies are just completely overwhelming (laughs) Uh, but one of the things that i really liked about this game is like there's i have only unlocked i think five of the characters but there's up to 12 characters which again with these roguelikes like i love having the option of like yeah, every character feels pretty different, at least of the ones I've played so far. Like we just unlocked this new like robot style character that has totally different attacks to anything we've done so far. Oh, like the character cool. I've been playing is called the Enforcer, and I'm able to drop a shield and kind of hunker against a wall, and I can block any attack coming from in front of me. So if I'm able to kind of corner myself, I can really be almost invulnerable. There's a handful of enemies that can kind of cause some explosions or kind of fly in from behind and and get some hits in on me and it's not it's not foolproof but just about yeah i mean you can really kind of exploit that and every character has their own very set of exploits (laughs) enforcer seems to be my best and and seems to be the most exploitable from what i've played so far that's kind of the second character you unlock but you know instead of having the shield the first character you play as a commando has like a dodge roll that you can you're invulnerable for a quick second while you roll through but all you have one ability, you have four different abilities with each character. One ability is like a pretty much infinite. It has like a, you know, a time to it or a rhythm to it. No cooldown. But no cooldown. And then all your other abilities have cooldown. And those are all controlled with the uh, the trigger buttons, which took a little bit of getting used to, especially for a 2D side stroller. You know, I just want to hit X. Yeah. I'm playing on PlayStation. I just I just want to be hammering those face oh, buttons, yeah. you know. Um, so it took a little bit to get used to. And I really did bounce off this game when I first played it. You know, it's got that really zoomed out. I was just pixel art perspective that's, that's, that's like really things. under detailed kind yeah, it's like of eight bit. Yeah, well, even less maybe. Yeah. Like it's like a you know four bit, four bit. <laughs> <Two> bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's but it's I don't know. It has it has a lot of charm and it has this. The main thing is like you're just stacking these different perks and abilities that can sometimes just get so you get so powerful and so just buffed that it it just starts to feel fun and it it is kind of just up to chance at least from what i i can't i have not been able to develop any kind of strategy of like i'm good at this game it's just kind of dependent i'm like i'm i'm a fucking powerhouse and i'm (laughs) i'm plowing through these levels based on what i got but something about that is just really fun i'm really sucked into that gameplay loop and especially playing co-op but but i've all I would say that I've almost had more fun playing that game single player because you can really stack all those items like some of them will unlike Blazing Beaks where like a lot of those perks will affect both of us like these are kind of specific to each player and when you're playing single player it's just a little easier to manage like what do I what perks do I have can I look at what they do I haven't been able to figure out in co-op at least how to pull up like the menu but it does have online co-op which is great that is cool um if you have that at all but 
I mean, with co-op, it I get the feeling that it's like when you and I are playing, it's two characters at like half strength. Whereas, you know, if you were doing single player and getting all the perks for yourself. Yeah. You're probably you really, uh, properly buffed. Right. And it's hard. Like the game can, it's like quick, you know, you're kind of rushing against that clock again. So you're, you're not, you don't have as much time like in Blazing Beaks again, not to keep drawing comparisons, but just to use that roguelike comparison. Like after you clear a room or a floor in, uh, in Blazing Beaks, you have a minute to like say, none, the hearts and the coins and the keys might disappear, but like the actual artifacts that you're collecting are not going to disappear. So you can sit there and say, okay, who, who does it make more sense for to take this item? But in, in Row or in, I was going to say in Rogue Legacy, in Risk of Rain, <laughs> you're just like enemies just keep spawning. And like as time goes on, it just gets more and more and more. And it just gets so overwhelming. You don't have time to really say like, oh, come over here. I'm, I'm going to save this item for you. I don't even know if they disappear, but it's just so fast and hectic and frantic. You don't really have time to juggle that it's just like hey this item's right here in front of me i'm just gonna grab it or i'm just gonna spend this money on this um and you're leveling up as you go you have like an xp meter um that you know you kill enemies to get money and xp and all that stuff and it's it's just i don't know it just has a really addictive loop despite being kind of repetitive and kind of redundant kind of rote um i don't know but what are you thinking so far dj because i know we played together the first time we both played and both kind of bounced off of it, and now we've... I played a lot while recovering, and then we both have been diving in just the last, like, week or so. Yeah, I mean, I've only played with you, so I haven't, you know, gotten that single-player experience, so I guess I can't speak to how it compares, even though I just did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I think right now, uh, I'm... My main interest is due to its difficulty. It's hard as fuck i was gonna say hell and that felt weird it's hard, it's hard as hell, <laughs> but uh but no it's so hard it's just like i can't let it beat me oh uh, well you, you have to though it's just like even with my enforcer exploits you know it's just like just swarmed with enemies it's crazy it's it, but it's really fun but it does like i said it does get a little chaotic hard to manage even on single player just like what the hell where is my character in this just barrage of enemies Jeez. Um, but it, but it is pretty fun and, and it really does allow you to just kind of like see what happens, you know, like what, what items am I going to get and how am I going to exploit this? Like in a way like dark or not dark souls, but dead cells does a little bit where you're like, Oh, I have the, the fire. And like, I also have these arrows that do more damage to enemies that are on fire. Right. Um, but it really takes that to the next level of like piling on and like you can get perks that that you collect another of that same perk and it just piles on and like times two times three times four and it really multiplies those perks um i'm a sucker for that type of stuff in games yeah and and like i said i'm a huge sucker for the different characters and like you know even going all the way back to playing stuff like mega man growing up you know i loved beating the bosses and getting those new abilities so i'm I'm just a huge sucker for like new play styles or new mechanics or anything that can kind of twist the game on its head um and like i said uh, up up to this point it's been kind of you know some of these characters feel similar but i don't know they like one of the D- characters dj played as today is uh acrid i think is the name or acrid i'm not sure how you say it but um like that's almost strictly melee you have a couple of like minorly ranged attacks but like 
then my character has like a almost like a Your shotgun attack, and like yeah. some attacks are like will literally travel the whole horizontal distance of the screen um okay. no matter what like it'll pierce every enemy in its path so like you, you really a lot of playstyles and this robot character i forget the name of it but the robot character that we unlocked from uh repairing enough drones in the game um has like almost like a you launch like three mini grenades or you shoot up these like heat seeking lasers or like uh set some mines yeah you could drop a bunch of mines and drop a turret like a lot of different play styles like really baked into this like core gameplay loop so pretty excited to see you know if i can unlock a couple more characters definitely excited to try out this robot character so nice recommended if uh you know like i said i even played a little bit of it and bounced off so if you you know happen to play through this one or just didn't catch your eye or whatever uh and it's it's interesting at also playing this game uh and we'll go into this on another time or on another episode because i would like you to play a little more cave blazers randy before yeah. we talk about oh, this more yeah but like it's it's really interesting to see how much cave blazers takes from this game and from spelunky like it is a really really almost 50 50 split of those two games uh maybe not 50 50 but a really you know two one third each of those games and then like a third of its own you know cave blazers spin on the on the vibe or on the mix on the roguelike genre but okay but it's it's really interesting to see the like once i started playing this and after having gotten so into cave blazers i was just like okay i kind of see what risk of rain's doing here so letting those items stack up on each other and and whatnot. So I'm I'm really glad that I decided to go back in and uh like I said again, this is available. We we've been playing on the PS4, okay. but it is available on the Switch and Steam oh, and I'm sure yeah. Xbox is I think it's available everywhere. I didn't so. realize it was on Switch. That's interesting. It is, too. yeah. And this is from Hopu or Hapu Games. I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but yeah, they uh they have uh this game and they have another game called Deadbolt that we also looks that really out. cool. I've not played it, but yeah, it's like Similar kind of style, at least in terms of like look and whatnot, a little more zoomed in, not so zoomed out, but it's like a little more stealth based, almost looks like a little bit of a gunpoint Mark of the Ninja kind okay. of vibe. Um, it looks really cool. And both are only 10 bucks uh, full price on the or you know standard price on the eShop. So nice. Definitely worth checking out. I'm sure 10 bucks elsewhere, if not cheaper. So definitely worth checking out. Again, I can't speak for uh, Deadbolt myself. I have not played it, but it looks cool. But definitely Risk of Rain. I've been digging um, its soundtrack on Spotify. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, and good. speaking of, yeah, the soundtrack on Risk of Rain is awesome. Okay. Like it gets like it gets intense when you're fighting the bosses, but it's got this like really chill, not too electronic, but not too ambient vibe to it. It's it's great. Yeah, the soundtrack is one of the things that's really kept me roped into that game. I'm glad you mentioned that because that almost glazed right over that no problem the soundtrack is fucking awesome and that can definitely be a driving force to continue playing games that's for sure especially especially yeah and especially in these roguelike games where you're playing it over and over and over again yep um and sometimes you know i i still am like when i'm playing solo i'm putting out a podcast or doing something else while i'm kind of playing in the background but i still like when you just can kind of turn that music on underneath and it's just like it just gets me in the zone with this game big time it's it's great that's sweet. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, definitely recommended. Now you're talking about the soundtrack makes me feel like oh, we need to talk about Staridin at some point soon. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we can do a little Staridin Cave Blazers combo to just talk about a couple more roguelikes oh, yes. that are, in go. this case, a little bit different. You know, from the 
from from one another as opposed to like not that blazing beaks and risk of rain are all that similar either but pursuing roguelikes <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely going to be the case from my angle because i just <laughs> i find myself like i think i mentioned this during the moonlighter conversation or when i was talking about moonlighter last week but like i get sucked into that like lifestyle aspect of the game of like this game's so hard and i just want to beat it or just make some progress in it right. that like I get home from work and if if I'm not binging a certain TV show or I'm not specifically playing Hollow Knight or a certain game or anything like that, I I just find myself gravitating back towards like, okay, I got to get a little further in Blazing Beaks or I got to see if I can unlock another character in Risk of Rain or. Yeah, I I appreciate that because, you know, I I believe that any roguelike I've played, I'd heard of from you and probably games that i never would have played before i'm very glad i did so yeah it's it really is i embrace think embrace the lifestyle kevin <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think i mentioned this last week too but it really is like rekindling that like arcade feel for me like that that is that cool. pick up and play that like just like making a little bit of progression but in a lot of cases it's just like you're just getting better at the game um and learning how to best it and i i really like that feeling it's really rewarding as opposed to, you know, I'm, I don't have 30 hours to sink into a game very often like I used to. Right. So being able to get, even though I'll sink 100 hours or something into Enter the Gungeon, it, it's in these short little bursts. I don't yeah. have to, like, stay in tune with the the story or, like, wait, what, what was I doing again? It's like, no, I'm just trying to beat this fucking game. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's it's nice to have that kind of just one track focus. Um on these roguelike games. So yeah, Risk of Rain and Blazing Beaks and all these games I definitely plan on touching on again. And yeah, I'd love I'd love to talk some more Cave Blazers and and stare at it eventually. Let's go for it. Um well speaking of uh what we want to talk about in the future, I know we last time discussed this off the air, but uh we uh, we played some Hollow Knight this week and I know you're probably gonna dig some more into it at some point, Randy, but do we wanna pick a game for uh for next week to talk about? We do. We do want to pick a game. Do you guys want to do Cave Story for next week, or do you want to do something different? Cave Story, yeah. Dragon Blaze, we could talk about that. We haven't talked about Ooh. stuff like that. Ooh, we could do. I'd be down to do Dragon Blaze. We could talk about like a bunch. Then we get to go in from that. To like I could talk about a few other of like the Psycho, yeah, games that I've played so far, and then just talk about what else we've been playing in the meantime. And those will be like we could kind of lump that into like hey here's like a nice pick up and play game for when you don't have a lot of time right so yeah next week uh we're gonna be a little bit more limited on time here at least uh as far as having time available the game goes uh so i think we're gonna keep it a little bit lighter as at least as far as substance goes although not as far as uh the game play goes or what I, I can't think of how i want to word that but uh we're gonna play some uh psycho shooters in particular. I know uh Randall mentioned wanting to play some Dragon Blaze. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which that one I've put a quite a bit of probably more time into any of them. There's probably six, seven, maybe eight, half dozen, dozen uh of them available on the Switch for about eight bucks. Uh they've they've also probably more famously made uh Gunbird, Gunbird 2, um, the Strikers 1945, 1942, 43, right. whatever the hell it's series it's called. Um, but they, they've made some of those uh, classic, like more traditionally vertically scrolling arcade shoot 'em ups, but they have some horizontal scrolling uh, bullet hell shooters as well. Um, and so we're going to maybe take a stab at a couple of those, make a couple of recommendations on that front, and then just talk about what else we've been able to kind of squeeze in in a, a slightly more limited week uh, of gaming time. 
for sure. I'm excited. I'm going in blind to these games. Which that's nice. be worth my time. Nice. I, I'm curious because uh, have you played many bullet hell shooters like in the likes of not necessarily that these have a ton in common, but like have you played stuff like Ikaruga or uh, No Sir Gradius no, or sir. our type Dang, no, along sir. those lines? Okay, so DJ's a that's interesting. Not fucking even a video noob. game player. <laughs> <laughs> Although he has played Silver Surfer, right? So no problems there. <laughs> yeah, right. <God>. Uh, exactly. <laughs> So yeah, so uh, I guess we'll yeah we'll touch on some of those. Uh, I've I've really enjoyed stuff like like I said like Dragon Blaze has a few interesting slight you know quirks or mechanics to it. I also really like uh, Zero Gunner Two is a really fun one. So yeah, we'll get we'll get a little more more into that. We'll get a little bit more into that. Jesus, if I can talk, um, we'll get a little bit more into that next week. How many times can I say that? Um, Enough to be excited about it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's play some shooters, man. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, unless you guys have anything else to add, I think we can pretty much wrap it there. Yeah, let's wrap it. Let's wrap it. Cool. Well, uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, this has been pursuing pixels and my name's Kevin Portelli. I'm DJ Mandolini, Randall Nolary. And yeah, you can find us on Twitch, on Twitter, Instagram. We try to post about game deals. We'll do streams of like DJ and I did a couple streams of blazing beaks. Uh, we've also got some stuff up on YouTube. So We'll try to keep up at least a little bit here and there of the games we've been playing and talking about on the podcast and have some, you know, stuff on YouTube and Twitch to correspond with that. So you can at least skim through those. You know, they you don't have to watch the whole thing or anything, but just skim through and see if there's anything that looks interesting to you on uh, on the videos. So if you're curious about any things we talk about, check us out there. Otherwise, uh, until next week, uh, have a good night. Have a good rest of the week. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Good Take night, care. everybody. Bye. DG for David Games, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's no way I could like naturally work that in in any way possible. But I think you should crack me up there. Just, just force David, it. David Games, hammer <laughs> nail, mandolini. Yeah, just <laughs> keep David. on weekly just forcing a joke. And it's the David James hammer nail. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a wrestling move. That actually does. Oh, and he hits him with the David James hammer nail. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Through the table. I thought that was out loud. God damn it! <laughs> You're going to prison, son. <laughs> Stop this! <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Well, speaking of stopping this, we yes. should <laughs> we should probably stop this recording Let's here. Let's stop it. All right, I'm going to I'm going to hit the space bar here.